0: So without further ado, we are going to continue our series on Keep Moving. Our speaker today is going to be talking about embracing his words, embracing Jesus' words. So please join me in welcoming up our associate pastor, Jeff Jackson. Thank hey, you, sir. All right, good morning. morning to those who are here. Good morning to those who are online. And... Uh, It's a good thing to be up here. It's a Jeff either way, so yeah. So um, kind of shameless plug, yesterday was my birthday, and um, I'm not going to tell you how many years I am, but it's 26,663 days, so you get to do the higher math. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm just a day older, that's it, no big deal. And um, it's great to uh, thank Pastor Jeff for allowing me to uh, share this morning, got, uh, I believe I got a message that fits right in with everything we've been talking about today. Jesus is in the room, Amen. you know, and he, he is present. And we need a breakthrough in our life. You know, I I don't think that there's one person here that couldn't say, I need a breakthrough somewhere. We need, we need God. And it doesn't come by just saying it. It comes because Jesus wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. And so he's here. His presence is here. And I believe that through the words that uh, God has given me to to share with you today, that uh, you'll realize some things, realize some truth, and um, be able to grow. Um, Pastor Jeff was doing a series in, in the Gospel of John, and he called it Keep Moving because he found numerous things within John's Gospel, like little commands. Sometimes they're just... Little phrases, part of a sentence, actually, and um, and he made these commands. And so Pastor Jeff has been leading us through these these various statements. Uh, when he asked me if I wanted to uh, teach, I said sure. And uh, he said, now you don't have to, but if you want to concentrate on something between John chapter six and John chapter through John chapter eight, I thought, wow, that's a bunch of stuff. You guys are going to be here for days. So, lock the doors. Now, we're not going to study everything from John 6 to John 8, but there's, there's so many things that God wants to speak to us, and sometimes we miss them because we're busy concentrating on reading and not receiving, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today, embracing his words. So you've all heard the statement, people make the statement, the truth will set you free. Is that right? How many agree? Truth will set you free. Uh, Not always. So let me tell you a little story. Back in 1968, I joined the Navy, went to Illinois for boot camp and then for further hospital corps and medic training. And um, during that period of time, I had some friends, they were going to the the, uh, enlisted men's club. And so I decided I wanted to go, Uh, but I was only 18 and um, had to be 21 in the state of Illinois. And so I just buried myself in a group of other guys. And as we're walking in, we just kind of held out our ID cards and I got in and uh, ordered a beer. Sit down at the table, got my beer, took one drink, and there were three Marines right at my side. Hey, boy. And that's what they called me with some other words <laughs> inserted. Um, but let me see your ID. And I said, well, I, I showed it to the guys at the, how many think that didn't go over well? They did not go over well. And so then they gave me words again, and so I finally pulled my ID out, and as I was handing it to the man, I said, I'm not 21. See, that was the truth. And truth didn't set me free. No, in fact, uh, I spent two days in the Navy brig. Uh, Yeah, you're laughing, but I wasn't. Uh, then I had what they called an admiral's mast, which is uh, back in the days of the ships where they uh, lashed you to the main mast and the admiral talked to you and then beat you with whips, but it, they didn't do that. It's one step below a court-martial. All I did was took a sip of beer. It's like, could I at least finish it? No. Um, but I told them the truth, but the truth didn't set me free. And then I had three weeks of hard labor that I had to follow my days in jail. Plus I had to be going to my classes and yeah, not the most fun time in my life. That's my story. So John chapter eight, verse 31. And um, many of you know this verse, you could quote it, but I'm going to uh, take us a little bit further. John 8, verse 31, ESV's translation I'll use here. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right. There it is. Truth will set you free. Uh, Back up. You'll know the truth if you abide in my words. See, there's this abiding in his word thing that comes before knowing the truth. Because this, this book is full of truth. I mean, the Bible's full of truth. But what's it saying to you? How's that truth working in your life? Let me, let me take this to the Passion Translation. I, I really like the Passion Translation. Um, New Testament, it is an actual translation. This man made mostly from both Greek and Aramaic. And so he combined those to uh, try to bring alive some of the the words that get lost by direct one-to-one translation. And so uh, the Passion Translation of this verse says this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers, my disciples. For if you embrace the truth, it released more freedom into your lives." Well, see, that truth that I spoke that day to that Marine did not set me free and it did not release more freedom because there's things in this world that will not lead us to freedom. And we can confess them, believe them, hold on to them, but they will not bring freedom into our life. But I want to back up to that one little phrase, if you embrace all that I teach. See, and and this really catches the full essence of this word because it doesn't say, if you study my words what I teach. He didn't say if you memorize what I teach. Although both those things are wonderfully important. I have a class, meets on Tuesday nights, you're welcome to come. I'm teaching the book of Romans. We're right at a very powerful passage starting in chapter 3. Come join me, 7 o'clock, uh, Tuesday nights. So there you are, shameless plug. Um, but show up. And we're, we study. I mean, we... People will tell me, yeah, you got, I got through three words, you know, in one of my lessons. Because there is a lot to study, and there's a lot to compare, and there's a lot of things that can lead you to this, and you need to learn background behind things, and what's going on, and what's going to be the ultimate, and yeah, there's a lot of things, and I believe in study, <laughs> that's what I do, um, but there's also embracing his words which is not just memorizing, quoting, studying. The word really means to live in, to abide, and some translations may have that if you abide in my words, if you continue, if you embrace. It means live in them, live in my words. And, And what we are singing today, one word from you, Things change, and I'm not necessarily saying one word from the scriptures because sometimes the one word God speaks to us is something he says direct to our heart. I want to embrace all that he says. He didn't say embrace the Bible because they didn't have a Bible. Some of them may have had an Old Testament scroll, but most people didn't. What he wanted them to do is think about the things that I've been saying to you. And there's no section of John that has more to say than starting in chapter 5 and going all the way through chapter 8. I mean, Jesus has lots to say. But he said, I want you to embrace it. Now, I got a picture here that I, I took, um, I, can't, I can't even define the year that I took this in China. This is along one of our trips, passing out Bibles to rule Chinese believers. Many of them have been believers for years, uh, but they've never had a Bible. And so we have the opportunity, uh, during the years that I was traveling there, we just can't go right at the present time, um, probably gave out over... 300,000 Bibles, Um, incredible opportunity, gave Bibles to over 40,000 pastors and helped to train them how to use their Bible, but I got this picture, we had been at this one little rural church, and if you saw a picture of the whole church, it was all this dusty old benches, and the whole building was almost falling down. And you think when you're going in, you know, am I going to live through this? Um, But it was packed with these people looking for a Bible. And as we were up front, right toward the end, we were having them turn to uh, Psalm 23. You know, the Good Shepherd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And we wanted them to see it written in a Bible. They'd, they'd heard it. We wanted to see the, it's written in the Bible. The problem was, people had to help them find it. Because they'd never had a Bible. They didn't know where Psalm was. They didn't have any idea how to, how to find this. So people helped them to find the passage. And they were following along. And as I was standing there, I turned and I looked to the side. And I saw these three little ladies on this front row all the way on the side and I grabbed my phone and tried to not turn and look at them, but to get a picture because there was at one point where they were all looking at their Bibles and I tried to get that, but I ended up with just one little lady still looking at her Bible. But what this says to me, and every time I see this picture, I've got it loaded on my computer and it just, it says, they love this. But sometimes we look at the Bible like it's some kind of study manual, like you know we may as well be studying geometry or something. And now I know we have to have a healing line for people who automatically went into trauma when I said geometry, but you know, there's, there's life in his words. And what we miss a lot of times, we're so busy reading our section because this is what I've been given I have these chapters to read I read these number of chapters every day I'm about halfway through my chapter look at my time yeah I'm just about done Uh, okay if I can get this done in the next few minutes yeah that's good read my chapter close my book and walk away that's not embracing his word that's not giving Jesus time to talk to you about what's there. I I, I don't want to just know the words. I want to know him because he's in there. Listen to this. This is from John chapter 5, verse 39. John 5, 39. Again, this is the Passion Translation. Jesus said, you are busy analyzing the scriptures, frantically pouring over them in hopes of gaining eternal life. Yet everything you read is about me. See, we can read the words and miss the Savior. Because that's that's who he is. He's in there to help us. So, Here's my word. Slow down. I don't care if you just read one verse. Read it. And think about it. Here's some things that Jesus said. In this section, John 6 through, actually goes through 10. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. What does that mean? There's some big, light shining in the sky he's, he's the light of the world or what, is, what is Jesus saying with that he said I'm the bread of life Pastor Jeff talked about that last week I am the bread of life you say well that's bread you know what wonder bread what kind of bread to them bread meant sustenance nourishment. It's what they referred to when they said, let us break bread. That meant to sit down and eat together. So when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, what he's saying is, I want you to sit down at the table with me and see me as the very bread that you need for your life. Do you see Jesus in the scriptures or are you just reading words? I don't don't want just words. My savior is in there. He's my redeemer, my helper, he's going to speak something to me. I love the song we started with, I don't care if we sing that every week. Jesus is in the room. We end the service every week. You say, I don't get tired of that. I don't know. Because he is. But do we know it? And when you open the Bible, he's there. Now, he said, I want you to embrace these things. I'm the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. Not just water. He spoke to the woman at the well and said, I am the living water. He repeats that in John chapter 6 about being living water. If we go on over to chapter 10 in John, he says, I'm a good shepherd. How many of you have sheep? How many of you have have a herd of sheep, flock of sheep? Not a herd. How many have a flock of sheep? Anybody in here? No. See, we, we, we don't have flocks of sheep. So how do we relate to... He's the shepherd. Well, yeah. So he does this thing. He's got this staff, and he beats the sheep. And if they get out of line, he works. You miss the point. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd cares for his flock. He loves his flock. If if you can read those words and not meet Jesus in them, you're missing the point. Because it's not about finding all the verses where Jesus talks about being a shepherd. And there's a place for study, please. You know I love to study. But I want you to know the shepherd in the verse. Not the verse. And so, what, what are we talking about? He goes on and he says, I'm the door. What does that mean? So, can we, can we slow down and analyze what we're reading? And... I know. I'm going to get in trouble with all of the read so many verses of the Bible, you know, read through the Bible in a year, people. And, and, and that's good. I, I go Go for it. But if one verse, if one phrase is what you need, read it and think about it. Now, I know that people like to read. Well, a lot of people like to read. Some people don't like to read. I love to read. I started reading when I was really early. I love reading. Jules Verne, I loved fiction. All the Jules Verne books. You know, And you say, who is that? Well, you know, Earth to the Moon, uh, around the world in 80 days, uh, the, you know, 1,000 leagues under the sea, 20,000 leagues under the sea, all those. And I love reading those books because as I'm reading, things take place in my mind. How many, how many have that when you read? Sure. Lord of the Rings. How many have read The Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Things mount up. Jan and I got to Chronicles of Narnia on an audio series and listened to it. It, it, was, it was dramatized. From, from British uh, radio. I mean, the, the images that I got as they were reading these words and talking through this story, and it was, it, it was powerful. Then you saw the movie, and it was like, eh, the movie, didn't, the movie didn't do it. The book was better because the book allowed you to use your mind instead of being locked into what somebody else decided you needed to see. So Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, I'm the bread of life, I'm the living water, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the door, and he just moves on. Yeah, He talked a little bit more about what the bread of life meant and manna from heaven and the, the true bread, and, but he moved on from that. He didn't stop and explain and take you back to a study of all this. He wanted you to carry that image in your mind. That's that's how God wants us to relate, not treat this book like it's some kind of of academic manual. And I know there's a lot of information in this book. I've I've got computer software that I have over, I recounted the other day, I've got over 300 books in my software, 300 books, a lot of them Greek and Hebrew and geography and history and meaning for words and commentaries and word pictures and atlases so I can see the pictures that are there and archeology span and all these different things. Yeah, that's all in there, but you know what? My computer knows more of the Bible than I'll ever know or forget. but my computer doesn't know him. Doesn't know him. Doesn't know that voice that speaks from the inside. Go to Hillcrest. Thank you Lincoln. (laughs) That voice you say, well, that's, where do you find that in the Bible? It's not. It comes from knowing the one who lives in here. God lives in this book. Jesus lives in it. The Spirit lives in there. You read the words and they come alive to you. Now, because I know that we live in a day where most of you use devices, I've got my device up here, so just so you know, but I've also got my Bible, so you know. And so it's, to me, It's important that you have a printed Bible. I think everyone should have a printed Bible. And so I believe that so much that I bought 20 copies of the Passion New Testament. So if you don't have a printed Bible, come see me. I'll be at the counter bar out there and uh, I will give you a Bible. I want you to have a printed Bible. And this is the New Testament I know But it's the words of Jesus. And I'm not saying Old Testament stuff isn't important. I just taught on my online university course. I'm teaching on the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So I'm teaching through that. But Old Testament is important. I love the the history books, the the prophets of the Old Testament. But these words of Jesus. Jesus said, John chapter 6. My words are spirit, they're life. My words are spirit, they're life. There's life in these words. It's not just ink on paper. And, and when you take those words in and you think about that through the day, it's the bread of life, He's the bread of life. Things start coming to you. You begin to see how God wants to open this up into your life, how he wants to lead you to places. I don't want to be somebody that's just known for knowledge. I don't know, people kind of tease me sometimes about being the professor and Mr. Bible Man or whatever, you know. And I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. I don't want to impress you with my mastery of the Bible, I want you to be impressed by the fact that I know him I love him I love his words I love what he wants to speak to me I have expectation when I'm I'm reading when I'm studying I'm not just looking for stuff information I want to know who is this man how many of you like The Chosen series? Amen. I haven't seen all of them yet, but I have to tell you, of the ones I've seen, the first one is my favorite with Mary Magdalene and just simple words that in the movie he quoted from Isaiah 43, we'd have no idea. Do you know that there's really nothing about that story in the Bible? All it mentions is Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. That's it. That, that's, that's there. You say, well, in the movie, they made a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and it's awesome. Because if you can't read that story and want to know, how did they come out? What happened? What was it like? What was it like before? What was it like after? I just love that. Because you get to experience that. Now, when we talk about taking these words of Jesus, that he speaks things to us, I'm the Good Shepherd. that mean well listen to me you've got somebody to help you and it's called the holy spirit the holy spirit is there he will take the words that jesus speaks and help you to apply them help you to understand them not just lead you to other scripture references if you got a reference bible it will do that And in China, I taught the pastors how to use the references in the side of their Bible and the margins and on the notes. I taught them how to do that. And that's good. But that's just information. To know this good shepherd, oh, that's a whole lot more. And so God has given us a helper. I like to use the word coach. So John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus uh, is getting ready to go away. And he's telling his disciples he's going to leave. And uh, they're, they're pretty upset by this. They're alarmed. What do you mean? How many days? Are you going off to the mountains to pray like you've done before? Are you going to come back in what, three, four days? What, what's happening here? Uh, he told them up to this time, he told them at least six times that he was going to go to Jerusalem, going to die on a cross, be buried and raised from the dead. He'd already told them that. That wasn't getting through. And so, They're thinking he's just going to go away from you. Where are you going? How long are you going to go? When are you going to come back? Are you going to bring me a t-shirt? You know, so all those things, they wanted to know, what are you going to do? So Jesus said, John chapter 14, hope you found it, verse 16. John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will ask the father, and he will give you another helper. The word helper, better translated, encourager, or I like the word coach. Because the Holy Spirit is inside. This Greek word has a lot to do with someone who stands at your side and tells you, coaches you. They're not going to do it for you. So you have a a coach for whatever sport you like to to be involved in, and, and your coach Tells you, but he's not gonna do it for you. He's gonna tell you everything you need to know: the rules, the, the plays, the, the movements you need to make, what you need to do to prepare. Um, he's gonna teach you all those things. He's your coach. And this is what the Holy Spirit is in us. He's our coach. Now, there's a lot other that he does. Brings us into union with Christ, recreates us, all those things. But this is this is what Jesus was listening to, listen what he says. I'm going to give you another coach to be with you, how long? Forever. Forever. Even, here he calls him the Spirit of Truth. So, whatever he says is what? Truth. Because he's the Spirit of Truth. So, if he says it, it's the truth. Amen. Go to Hillcrest. So, he means what he says. And if the Spirit of Truth speaks to us, then we need to listen. But when we read the Bible, are you listening to the spirit of truth? Are you just reading with your mind, analyzing with your mind? Have you shut the Holy Spirit out from your study? Embrace my words, continue in my words, abide in them. Why? Because when you do, you give the Holy Spirit time to talk to you. Because he's the coach. But then he goes on, Jesus goes on, he says, but if I do not go away, the, the, the helper, the coach, will not come. So I have to leave so he can go away. But if I go, I will send him to you. So if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And because you have the Holy Spirit, yes, he recreated you, he made you in his image, he joined you to God, he's there to give you peace and hope and strength and life, but he's also there to be your coach. Don't set that aside. But if I go away, I'll send him. And when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. This is, I'm sorry, I I jumped down to John 16. Sorry if the screen's following me. Pardon me. He said, "It's, It's your advantage that I go away. But if I go, he will come to you, and he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, he's not going to tell you one thing. He's going to tell you what? He's going to tell you what I said. The Spirit's going to listen to me, and he's going to tell you what I said. So when the Spirit speaks to you, it's not just the words of the Spirit. It's the words of Jesus. It's his words and the Spirit's words. And so these are things we need to hear. And whatever he hears from me, Jesus said, he will speak to you. Man, I got, I've got a helper inside of me, a coach inside of me, that I don't have to be confused or, or lonely. I don't have to be overwhelmed by calamity. I don't have to be afraid. Pastor Jeff last, last week said his words were, be not afraid. Keep moving. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid to step out. Why? Why? Because Jesus is in the eye of the storm. He is the eye of the storm, right? He's there with you. He didn't call you to walk on the water while he sat in the boat. He's there. And if he's asking you, as we sang in the song today, wherever he leads us to get to it, he'll be there. He'll lead us through it. He he will be right where we are. Because that's what I need. I don't need someone in another room speaking through my ear. (laughs) I need Jesus right there with me. And he is there through the presence of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And when I read his words or when I'm going through a trial, I remember something that Jesus said. I remember the words that he spoke. I remember what he told me he would do. I remember those things. Yeah, now I know that takes reading a Bible. If you're gonna remember what Jesus said, you have to what? Well, you have to read it first, okay? You can't remember something if you didn't read it. Um, I used to pray for that, you know, when I was taking tests in college, but uh, it doesn't work that way. I know I didn't study this, Lord, but help me through. Um, no, that's not gonna happen. Because Jesus wants to be there. But what you need to do is slow down abide in his words think about what he's saying take it a little bit slower take it by words going back to John 8:32 Jesus said if you embrace the truth if you embrace the truth it will release more freedom into your lives if you embrace, if you abide in, if you live in, what it does is it opens up freedom ahead of you. It will lead you, literally, into freedom. One of the translations I read for this word is it will liberate you. Wow. You see, in some ways the King James, the truth will set you free, yeah, that's good, but liberate, wow. Liberate me. That means I've been bound and I'm going to get out. I'm going to find a liberation. Liberation from what? Mm, sometimes my earthly passions. Jesus wants to speak to me about those things. Sometimes my past. My past comes to haunt me and to try to limit me and tell me, How dare you think that you can have this? Do you know? Don't you know what kind of person you are?" Yes. I know what kind of person I was. You don't have to remind me what kind of person I was. I know that, but I know a savior who's liberated me. He said, if I abide in his words, if I embrace his words, he will release me into freedom. He's going to show me the freedom that I need through this issue. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's something that just keeps occupying my mind. Maybe it's a calamity that seems like it's there. Maybe it's just an imagined calamity. How many of us have imagined calamities? Things that, you know, the enemy likes to throw this thing at. You haven't been there yet. It hasn't happened, but you could imagine it happened. And you've got a movie about you failing when you get to it. No, Jesus is going to release us from that. Why? Because. I've got a helper. And he lives in me. And he's helping me, leading me into liberation. One last passage, and I'm going to actually go outside of John for this one. But 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul's been talking to this young minister, and he's facing all kinds of just. Pardon the phrase, hell on earth. His church that Paul assigned him to, church that he in a sense inherited, is full of false teachers and division and all kinds of strife. And, And Timothy has been there trying to work through this and he's about four years into his term there and it is just getting worse. So much worse that in a few verses ahead of this, Paul said, you know, everyone in Asia, everyone in your region has abandoned me. So, Timothy, just go right ahead and pass through these people. Um, Timothy, I think, in a sense, wanted out. But Paul says, no, here's, here's something I want you to think about. Second Timothy chapter 2, he tells him, he says, you see, being in the ministry is like being a soldier. It, it's like being an athlete. It's like being a farmer. Okay, now, wait a minute. Those are, those are three things that are pretty, pretty much different from each other. What is there about a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer that, that they are all have in common? Nothing, really. Nothing. And that's why Paul used three ways. He said, there's things you can learn from thinking about being a soldier. There's things you can learn now. Let's move on to being an athlete. There's things you can learn from from being a farmer. and seeing yourself in relation to those. And so Paul has been talking about this and he just goes through the verses. Verses three, four, five, and six. And then he comes down to verse seven and this is where I want us to look. Second Timothy chapter two, verse seven. He said, consider what I've been saying. Soldier, athlete, farmer. Consider what I've been saying. The Lord will grant you understanding. Paul didn't stop and explain them. He just gave them. And he said, now do what? Think about it. The best word for this word, think or consider, it means to weigh in the mind. To weigh something. To let it sit heavily upon your mind. Word problems. How many remember word problems in basic math? Johnny was going to the store. His mother told him to get milk and eggs and bread. What color were his socks? <laughs> and if you don't get it right, you're going to fail. Fail the whole thing. And, and you say, oh, I'll just skip that one. Well, the next one's even worse. <laughs> Word brother, Let it sit in your mind. Think about it. If being like a soldier, what, what, can, what can I learn from that? What can I learn from being a master athlete, which is actually the word that he uses, or a hardworking farmer? What, what can I learn from those things? So Paul gives him a little bit of clue, but then he says, think about it. Think about it. When you think about it, who's going to help you? Who's going to help you? Say it. The Holy Spirit, why? Because he's your coach. In the soldier, he'd be—he's your master sergeant. As a farmer, he's the owner of the farm. He's <laughs> the boss. You got a helper, but we don't. We read passages. We read whole paragraphs. We read entire chapters of what Jesus said, and then we think, well, I read it. Slow down. Abide in those things. Think about them. Let them sit heavily and then ask the Holy Spirit, would you help me? Because that's exactly what Paul says. So it's not just John that said to embrace Jesus' words. Paul says, that, consider what I'm saying. What's he say at the end of it? The Lord will grant you understanding the Lord will grant you the Greek language consider is an active voice that's something you have to do but grant you understanding is passive, that's something that you receive I think he gives I consider he gives I embrace he gives me helps me teaches me, leads me think about what Jesus said Jesus put these into practice in his life Jesus used parables so we can read through Paul's writings or I mean the gospels and through the gospels Matthew Mark and Luke parable after parable there's there's entire chapters in Matthew and Mark and Luke that are taken up with parables. Kirby Anderson was just here and he talked about out of the Gospel of Luke, the parable of the the man with the lost sheep, the woman with the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Parables, think about what is being said. The reason Jesus used a parable is so that you can make a picture and you can walk away with this story that Jesus told and let the spirit help you understand it. You say, well, that's kind of dangerous to let the spirit, aren't we, aren't we letting the people just interpret the Bible on themselves? No, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. I'm not going to tell you not to listen to him, not to seek him, not to look for his help because that's what he does. So, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. So, in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he uses parables, but in, in the Gospel of John, it's word pictures. Over and over, Jesus uses a word picture to leave something with the people that the Spirit can teach them about. That they can learn, if you will what? Embrace my words. If you'll let these sit In your mind if you will continue, if you'll live in these words. I didn't say live doing them. It's not about doing them, it's about receiving from them. Let Jesus speak to you. Let the Spirit of God teach you. Open your heart, open your mind. These are things that the Spirit of God wants to do. He wants us to continue, wants us to embrace. And again, that's why I've got these Bibles. And I, I really do. I want you to come out to the counter. If you don't have a printed Bible or you've got a friend or a family member who doesn't have one, come out to the counter, please. I bought these so that you can have them. I want you to have a printed Bible so that you can read these words, you can see them. I know, you're in your device, but there's something about a printed Bible. All right? So... What Jesus wants is for us to embrace what He says. We've been talking a lot through this service, through the worship songs, about God being present here. And you know He is. The reality is, He's present with you every day, every hour, any situation, any time to be able to speak to you and say go to Hillcrest turn here do this go to that person and say this it's kind of scary but if you do if you let these words abide in your mind he's going to release you into freedom say I know people keep bringing up my past yeah but Jesus doesn't So embrace his words. You're forgiven. You're mine. I love you. His care for us. You love me? Not just like you found me. I I love the fact that in the song, it doesn't say you love me like you found me, as it's all in past tense. No, he loves me like you find me today. It's it's how much I need him now. The key is getting into his words, embracing his words, continuing in these words. So maybe you're out here today You've never accepted Jesus as your savior. I know, almost everyone has. But there might be that this is the time in your life that you're ready to make a decision. You've sat at the side, you know it's been there. You just haven't been ready to make the decision. Hey, I'm telling you, he loves you more than you can imagine. What he wants you to do is think about what he said. You must be born again. Be not afraid. Jesus wants to lead us, help us, teach us. But you got to come to him first. So if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never opened your heart, made the confession, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that God raised him from the dead. You've, you've never really made that the profession, he never really saw that that had anything to do with you. If that's you, open your heart. Open your heart today. This is this is this is the hour to receive from Him. Maybe you need to just rededicate. It's like, man, I've been walking my own way, like that par uh, the prodigal, like the wandering sheep. I, I've been doing my own things. I've not been embracing His words, and I need to. I really need to commit myself to listening to his words and then embracing them, living in them. Or maybe you've never been filled with the Spirit with the power of God flowing out from you. The Holy Spirit being in us as a teacher, that's new birth, but then there's a power that wants to flow out from us so that we can minister to others, so that we can allow that Spirit that's on the inside of us to flow out like a river to other people. So in those invitations I raise right now, we've got counselors that will receive you at the back of the church. As we come to this time, it's important for you to really consider, have you made these commitments? Have you opened your heart? So would you all stand with me? We're getting ready to enter some worship time. A song song to me is just absolutely it, 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 in some ways it's heartrending. there is a king and I would really like if you needed prayer for any of those areas new birth rededication baptism of the Holy Spirit if you would find a counselor at the back of the room they want to pray with you minister to help you but you know what I also want to just worship. And so would you join me down here? Would you? There is a king. He's so gracious. He's so loving. He brings unlimited peace into our life.